Welcome to the Pizza and P.E. Podcast, the Triple P, where a group of friends get together each week to eat pizza and discuss P.E. You're on mute, my friend. I mean, welcome to Technology 2021. Okay, that was odd. I guess it's my new Yeti microphone. Um, that video just cut off on the sound on my side, the intro video. And then also you just started talking. I didn't even add you to the broadcast. But hey, this is cool. I'm just trying my new podcast, Blue Yeti, little microphone. Hey, Keith, good to see you, by the way. It's good to see you catching up with technology, adding a microphone to the mix. I, know. I mean, it almost makes you look and sound like a real podcaster. You know, there might be early retirement for me if this pizza and pee podcast, you know, just takes off. You know, I can, you know, eat pizza every day. Well, what we can do, you know, we can All retire, right. open up our own pizzeria. I'll cook the pizza. You just interview people that walk in the door. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who do we have on this well, week? Well, this week we have um, a good friend of ours from Duval County, Florida, Jacksonville. For those of you that don't know where Duval County is, uh, Heather Albritton. Um, it's going to be a really good conversation. We met Heather through the Urban Wellness Coalition. Um, she's going to tell us a little bit about herself once we bring her onto the podcast here in a minute. Because, you know, you know, sometimes when we get a bio for somebody, it, it's but she doesn't like to talk about herself because she's not about the self-alkylate. So that's, this is what's great. But before we get to Heather, we always have to talk about this interesting pizza fun fact for the week. So the highest grossing single single unit independent pizzeria, okay, the highest non-chain pizzeria in the nation that makes the most money is Moose's Tooth Pub and Pizzeria in Anchorage, Alaska. It brings in $6 million a year. So the, is that the only pizza place in Anchorage? Whether it is or not, I mean, it's not like a chain. So it's not Pizza right. or Domino's, but for a place, really for cool. one place to bring in $6 million. And it's called Moose's Tooth. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, going on what you were saying about our guest, Heather Albritton. You're right. She really doesn't like to talk about herself. But mm -hmm. it's funny that you made that comment because I'm usually the one in charge of figuring out the theme. And the theme of this podcast is leading by example. Because when I think of Heather... I think about her who really leads by example. Um, I can't wait to talk to her about how she started her teaching career, how she you know, got into her current role, Director of Health and PE in Duval County Schools in Jacksonville, Florida. So we'll bring that out with her. Like we'll ask her the appropriate questions for her not to be as humble as uh, she is because she is one powerhouse in health and PE. And, you know, when we were asking her about what's her Twitter handle, what's her digital media, she doesn't really go on to social media that much. So I bet you a lot of our listeners who will be either watching or hearing this podcast is like, wow, Heather is such an advocate and is going to be leading someday, in my opinion, National Shape America at some point. That'd be awesome. 
she's just, we've had some really good conversations with her. So we can't wait to have pizza and for others to listen to some of our PE conversations. Heather, welcome. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. I, I don't get to have pizza today, though. So, mm. well, you're in the office. You know well, that. You're I'm in the also office. Um, involved in a Biggest Loser Challenge right now. So, mm. I'll, I'll stick to my water and my salads. Gotcha. Y'all enjoy okay. that. <laughs> you know, they do have cauliflower crust pizza. They do, but I'm also, you know, I'm, I've, I've cut out a few of my favorite things and I don't want to tempt myself. If I'm going to have pizza, I'm going to have pizza, not. Yeah, pasta. I'm with you on that one. Please. So. Keith, Keith and I stay committed, though, to all our viewers and listeners. We will have pizza every single time we do this podcast because they make that commitment and dedication. Um, but so, yeah, and it's kind of our prop while we're talking. So. All right, Heather, you probably were listening backstage. I was, I was. Um, you're very humble and you don't like to speak about all the things that you have done and your vision for health and PE and how you're so creative and what you've done for your own school system, but also for your state as well. And you're one of the leading, like in my opinion, when we're at the Urban Wellness Coalition, which viewers and listeners, the Urban Wellness Coalition consists of 30 plus large school districts and we network to, uh, with one another and they consist of school counselors to directors of nutrition to health and PE coordinators. And so that's how we connected with you, Heather, and your ideas and how you think and how you roll out professional development and how your views on quality health and PE are so impactful and influential to our profession that we can't wait to kind of bring this out on you. So <laughs> how did you get started, Heather? Because I don't think I've ever had that, that conversation. Like, when did you start teaching? And then how did you get this current role? Or when did you get this current role? So I'm from a really small town in South Central Florida, uh, one high school, one middle school. And so I actually made my way up to Jacksonville um, to play basketball here at the university at North Florida. And while I was there, I realized that because UNF is so small, we didn't have a football team. So my original goal of um, doing sports med um, wasn't going to happen. I didn't really have too many other options at that time because um, I'm older than I look. Um, <laughs> I didn't have too many options of sports teams to, to intern with. So I decided to move to education. So graduated um, at, in, at UNF with my bachelor's in physical education and started teaching at a middle school that was near to the school that I did my internship in. Um, and here in Jacksonville, when a new school opens, they have to go to the neighborhood school and take a certain percentage of those kids, of the neighborhood kids to the new school. So the principal that was open in that school um, had come over and said, hey, I'd love to interview. So I started teaching at what is still Ocean Way Middle School and uh, taught there for about 10 years. And then um, while I was in college, I, I started with the college story because my mentor from college left UNF and came to the district level to be the specialist of health and physical education. And so he tapped into me several times during my first um, few years teaching and you know, when he got the itch to move somewhere else, you know, he'd say, hey, I want you can, you can come do my job downtown. I don't know. So I've pushed back several times, but 
eventually the timing was right. And I think it was nine years in, um, I went ahead and made the jump to the district level and started off as just the curriculum specialist for physical education only. Mm. And within that first year, um, superintendent changes, leadership changes across the board. Um, they really changed my role drastically, um, which I am excited. I was excited about and scared all at the same time because I went mm -hmm. from only having physical education to having physical education, health education, school health services, which is all of our nurses, all of our partnerships with Department of Health, diabetic students, medically fragile students, um, employee wellness and student wellness programs, plus um, a CDC DASH grant, all within maybe 14 months of just starting. So um, was kind of just pushed into get it together and figure it out. Um, and it's worked out really well. We've done some great things and it's been an exciting seven. This is my eighth year now down at the district. So holy cow. So how many years in education? I started in 2004. Wow. Uh, you're still a young buck. Ah. <laughs> that is a, that's a lot of responsibilities that you have you've overseen and, and been part of. Yeah. It's, it's, I said my, my thing is I'd rather be busy than bored. So it's kept okay. me busy. It's kept me um, focused. And then, you know, throughout the last few years, being able to connect with districts like you all through Urban, um, colleagues through shape. It's really, really helped out a lot. So wearing that many hats, I mean, they basically threw you in a conference room and there's sounded like 10 different hats in there, you know, hats galore. How do, you, how do you triage in terms of, you know, what takes precedence of the day or the week or the project? Because that's a lot of different things. And, you know, if it was just health and PE, that's one thing, because those are can kind of intertwine, but still have to have some semblance of but school nursing and all that other stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. Luckily, I, with inheriting all of those, I inherited, uh, when I moved from specialist to director, that opened up my position. So I was able to hire a specialist for curriculum and instruction. And then when they gave me wellness, that came with two support techs for wellness. So two staff. Oh, to oh, yeah. And then nursing came with a nursing manager. And so... Mm -hmm. It wasn't an automatic um, flood to have to do everything myself, but it was a, a very lengthy process of picking apart what our current processes are, um, what we need to do better, where are we not being fiscally responsible, how can we improve, what do we need to do to engage more employees, um, you know, how are we doing with our students, and what does our curriculum look like? So there was just so many things to do at once. And you're right, it's, it's hard to prioritize those. Um, initially, nursing really took the lead because you know that's sure. a specific population of um, our students that really need our attention. So, um, but luckily, like I said, I've had amazing colleagues to work with throughout these years and still currently do. And that's, that's how we get stuff done here is, is through teamwork. It's not it's not my leadership. It's not, you know, everybody working in silos. We really do work well together. And that, that is, it, it's extremely important. So you essentially came in there and you had to oversee a team of people. A team of people that was not a team before. So, um, I mean, it's, cause see, you know, that's, that's one of those things is oftentimes, you know, you look at some of the leadership 
that's out there. And unless you have some sort of uh, experience at the school level being a leadership, they just don't think that, you know, people can lead people in central office, which, you know, they put you in it, you hit the ground running and you've got, you know, a bunch of hats. So it's, it's good to see that, that that can happen. Yeah. It's a competitive nature. And, and a lot of us that are in this field, we are given a challenge and doesn't matter if we're told no, we'll figure out how to make it work. Mm -hmm. Well, Keith, it's not every school district is like right. ours where they feel like in central office, you better have, or you better have been an administrator or principal or you can't lead a department. Yeah. Getting at, but I mean, you know, it's, well, I it's, said, it. I'm not going to be so PC on this. I said it. <laughs> I mean, Heather, I mean, PE teachers, are we, we're really that competitive? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, something I said before COVID was, my, I have a master's degree, master's degree and a doctor's degree, but sports made me more prepared for COVID than anything else because we don't give up on a challenge. Sports taught us grit, perseverance, and that's and just to keep finding a different way, a different strategy to succeed. And sports teaches you how to take that, and especially in our levels when we're at the district level and we get told, no, sorry, my light just went out because... <laughs> I'm behind, I'm still for a moment. I don't typically sit still this long. Um, you know, but when athletics and sports, they teach us how to take constructive criticism, how to, you know, receive that feedback from someone that is, you know, your boss or your coach. Right. And really use that to internalize how you're going to figure out how to make it work, how you're going to dig deeper and, you know, go that extra mile or, you know, play those extra few minutes, but it, it's, it's astounding. And we, you know, that's translatable through physical education as well. If it's done correctly. Yeah. Done correctly. Yeah. You know, it's, it, and going with the PE thing, because we come from a sports world, you know, uh, a lot of times some of the best leaders are PE teachers because we have controlled chaos right. and we've got to get everybody to work together and do a lot of things together in our class where it's not, you know, cut and dry, but, um, so I guess my this is going to take me to my next question. That's going to build off off all that. And that, what are some uh, what are some of the greatest challenges you face in this current position? So it's funny that I'm on video because most my biggest challenge is has been fixing my face before my <laughs> mouth speaks. <laughs> um, <laughs> So being in a room of, of leaders or, you know, principals or e even teachers, um, when something is said that I know to be false or contradictory to, you know, my beliefs as far as what health and physical education can bring to the table um, in, in support of academics or sports or, you know, women in general, um, I, I tend to have a reaction here. Um, so that's been, a, that's been a personal challenge. Um, professionally, I think it always will be um, that we're the, we're the others, right? So we're the last people on the totem pole. Um, mm. We don't necessarily get the funding or the respect or support that we need within our school systems, whether it's individual schools or at the larger district level. And that's not to say that 
um, our leaders don't feel like health and PE are important because I'm very blessed here that mine do and I have an amazing support system. But small things that should be automatic, we really have to fight for. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we have a statute here that is 150 minutes of physical education per week. We don't have the staffing in our schools to support that um, at our elementary schools. So we have to be really creative in how we implement that. But with 110, 106 elementary schools, there's no way myself and my one physical education specialist can go out and make sure that that's being done. So in districts, large or small, the fidelity of your programs and making sure that the lessons are being taught correctly, um, that the kids are getting the minutes and the exposure that they need to uh, the physical education um, classes is is a huge challenge for us here. Um, So, you know, that I think that will always be a challenge for us, making sure that we stay on people's radars and they understand what we can contribute to the academic success of the school. So you said 150 minutes, mm-hmm. and is that would does that include recess? Nope, 100 minutes extra for recess. That's phenomenal. You get 250 minutes a week dedicated to movement. To movement. So we have what's called um, we the, the PE teachers here typically see, and I apologize if I have listeners that prefer the the term physical educator. Um, I I use both interchangeably just not coach um, because we're not coaching after school. But uh, we have TDPE, so teacher-directed PE. Um, So that is our physical education teacher will see the kids at least once a week. In addition to the physical education curriculum, we also have a thread for the classroom teachers in which within their daily schedules, they're supposed to take their students out for physical education once a, you know, every other day that they don't have PE and provide some type of structured physical activity. Okay. So we have everything in there from just regular um, cardiovascular activities, chasing, dodging, fleeing games, um, easy things that they don't need equipment for, but will reinforce the fitness components of what we're trying to do in PE. If the physical education teacher wants to take it a step higher and coordinate with those teachers to say, this month our theme is going to be, you know, throwing and catching. Um, they can coordinate that at the school level, but as far as a district uh, push and perspective, we provide those just simple physical activity uh, lessons for the classroom teachers to do. They can do them in class if it's raining, so movement within the classroom, um, but preferably we want the kids to get out. And then that recess is unstructured free play. The teachers don't have to do anything, but make sure they're safe. That's amazing. I really like that collaboration with that TDPE. Um, and you know, they, you really make a good point on the difference between physical education, structure, recess, unstructured, but still movement. Right. Whereas there are so many proponents where we've been in the same room before too, saying recess is unstructured. Let so, me be free. Yeah, you know, you have choices, tons of different choices at recess, but allow students to be unstructured and choose their activities that they want to do where Physical education is standards aligned, anticipated outcomes, objectives, scope and sequence, age appropriateness, um, where it's intentional, purposeful, and delivered with, you know, hopefully in a safe, nurturing environment. Right. So Keith asked you about your career challenges. I expressed earlier that the theme of this podcast is leading by example. 
you have been Florida, shape America, shape Florida in your state, shape, I think it's called shape Florida, correct? So shape Florida uh, president for going on two years because you, they extended it because of COVID and the pandemic. Um, but it's usually a one year, I think, role, but every state's been doing a little bit different and they've done the same thing as, as Florida has done. But you're really, really strong, Heather. I look at you as very confident, strong, um, strength, um, resilient. You know, maybe resilient is probably one of the best words I could, could uh, categorize you. Um, obviously beautiful, um, <laughs> intelligent. Where, who influenced you? What, where did you get that strength? I'm just curious because you're, you're, I just look at you like, oh, I want to be her. Look, you're a badass. Let's just go ahead and say it. We can oh, use that term here. Thank you. That, one, that word will be okay on our podcast. Okay. <laughs> so I am a daughter to my mom and she had, so I have four sisters, right? Um, I, with all being all girls, somebody had to be the boyish person, right? Somebody had to be that person that was going to be outside and doing all the outdoor stuff. Well, that was me. Um, so my mom actually, I told you at the beginning of this that I'm from a really small town. So she actually started women's sports in our high school um, when she was, I think, a sophomore, junior. There was nothing for women to play. Oh. Um, nothing for girls. And she and a couple of her friends got together. And I, I don't know if it was basketball or track that they did first, but they're the ones that got the ball literally rolling for girls sports in our county. So knowing that I came from that um, source of power from my mom, um, but my grandfather was a professional baseball player. My grandmother was a teacher for 35 years, a, you know, double cancer survivor. Um, both my mom and my grandmother are amazingly supportive and inspirational for me. I lost my grandmother um, at the start of my shape presidency back in 2019. Uh -huh. um, she ended up losing her battle with cancer. It came back and all that. But to see her resilience and how she was, you know, so sick and in so much pain, but still was able to be the light of our family. Um, it's, it's always I will never forget that. Um, it doesn't matter. I, you can ask anybody that's a part of my team. One thing that I am very, I, I stick to it daily. Um, it doesn't matter what goes on, what goes wrong. There's always something positive you can take from it. Um, you know, it, it may not be evident right away, but there's always something positive to look for. And she did that. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, having my mom lead through athletics and, you know, she would dump me out of the car. I was very, very excitable as a child. Um, <laughs> dump me out of the van um, at the end of the street whenever I was little and be like, you run home. So I <laughs> would run behind the van and chase her. And then she would run with me. And then I got faster and she couldn't run with me. So she rode her bike. So that it's just always my mom and my grandmother just started it. So it's their fault. I am so glad I asked that question. I actually <laughs> deterred from some of our questions and I was like, I just need to know that source of energy, where she gets it from. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Thank you for that, asking. That's a, a great story of mm -hmm. empowerment. It really is. Yeah. That they started sports at their own school. Mm -hmm. Like this is going on, you know, 
long before that was even a cool thing to do. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. amazing. She's pretty awesome. Well, Heather, um, I do need to confess, you know, we're friends on Facebook and I've, I've known you for three, four years, four years. Yeah. Um, just so obviously not everything is about work. Not everything is about our professional lives, but the pictures I've seen you with your grandmother and with your sisters and with your mother, you guys look like you are just has such a strong bond and energy. You could tell comes from all of you. Like you guys are all so photogenic. It's thank you amazing, and the and the smile and the laughter. You guys just we look will like argue with you for that, but you know I, I'm blessed <laughs> to have my grandmother. You know she just passed away a few years ago. My grandfather on my mom's side, he'll be 92 this year. My grandmother on my father's side just turned 90. So you know a lot of people don't get to have those sustained relationships with their grandparents. Yeah, um, I've been really lucky to learn so much from from both sides of my family, um, and it's it's a blessing. That's some good DNA. Yes, <laughs> as long as as long as my skin stays good. <laughs> Here's my sunscreen outside. I know you're down there in Florida. You know that, that sun just beats it's a lot harder there than it does in North Carolina. The humidity. Whew. It's cold today. I'm in a sweater in North Carolina. It's weird. It's raining right now. You know, it's that yeah. floor every other day. It rains, but just for like 12 minutes. That's it. Humidity up. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. See, this is why I'll never live in Florida. The humidity. Good. I'm out. It's That's great. Great. You hair up all the time. Yeah. It's great for my curly, naturally curly hair that just. <laughs> yeah, I think mine would be all right. <laughs> That's why I'm in the bun club. Just put it in a bun. The bun club. <laughs> I mean, it, that kind of takes away one of my. Oh. Um, my questions later, one of my quick bite questions, but that's good. <laughs> so uh, this question we have, and you know, again, this is going to kind of relate back to our Urban Wellness Coalition work and some of the stuff that we all get to share. And we get to see you promote health and PE and wellness and mental health and all this cool stuff, especially through videos that are like, like you're watching a Hollywood production. Like it's amazing. You have everything short of Steven Spielberg coming in to direct it, it looks like, right? And, it, and it's cool. But you know, you it's not always just you. I mean, it's your kids, it's people in the district, it's teachers. Um, how does you how do you and your team create them? I mean, is there a is there a team of people that come together to create them? How do you get student input? You know, walk us through that process, if you will. Sure. So our video production component of what we do kind of started, I think it was in the summer of 2018, 19, around mm -hmm. there, around that year, we had some bills that were passed back to back to oh, some rulings that were in, uh, eventually turned into statute. One of which was um, social and emotional mental health learning for our students at five hours annually for grades six through 12. So, mm -hmm. That came out, I think, in June, and we were expected to implement in August. So um, myself, um, Franny, who's my health education specialist, Edgar is my PE specialist, um, we sat down and were kind of trying to wrap our brains around how, mind you, there were three rulings that were passed that summer that all fell into, into us. Um, so we just kind of tried to figure out how can we make this work? Okay, if we do pre-recorded lessons and we 
give them to all of the schools. That way the teachers don't have to teach them themselves because they won't feel like they're content experts. Okay, let's figure that out. Okay, well, let's back up and figure out logistics first because we have all these schools that we have to reach and all of them have different schedules and different needs. So how are we going to decide what day we do this? So it ended up as the, the, you know, the process continued to go on, we decided that we were going to do on our early release Wednesdays, which is once a month, our schools um, end an hour early for professional development. So mm -hmm. the kids go home early, but the teachers stay and they have sure. um, PLCs that they work on. So on those ER days, bump it back up just 30 minutes earlier. And every month out of the 10 months that we're in school, have a 30 minute lesson for each of our student for each of our grade levels and I say each of our grade levels because we are overachievers in our office and so instead of doing six through yes, 12 we did K through 12 um, which now I regret because we're in year three of production and I'd like to <laughs> throw something at Wellness Wednesday it is not good for my mental health um, no but we found um, a little system or we uh, some of you may be familiar with Paltoons. So we use Paltoons to, to kind of create the little animations that go in the videos. And then we use Canva to create some of our still shots. And some mm -hmm. of them are animated, but not um, with people full on moving. And then um, here we have, um, his name is John. He's a production guy for, for videos, not you know, movie star type stuff, but John's pretty awesome. And no, they are movie quality like they're really good that is his his job is um to assist the curriculum and instruction team or the district level with video type things or promotions um so he does the teacher of the year stuff that we have uh, some of our other promotional videos for other departments um when covid started back you know when he had to do some parent academy things but now they've taken off on their own but we've been very blessed to have John is our kind of guru with editor. So we can take video on our phone and piece it together ourselves and kind of send it to him and he'll help us clean it up. But our Wellness Wednesday videos, I know the, um, we, the intention was to also talk about the You Matter videos, which are now called um, Behind the Mask because mm -hmm. we have some, some local drama with that. Um, but everything from social and emotional learning to suicide prevention to um, we followed along with you guys with the marathon challenge, and then we did a virtual tag, and we did a triathlon. So, you know, we try to figure out how to engage our parents, our students, our teachers um, in a way that is going to be easy for them, um, engaging and, and, and attractive, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's, it's again, it's not, you know, me and just my team here we're blessed to have departments that work well together that will all chip in for projects that have to be done for the good of the district. That's awesome. I mean, it's, that is. I, I know where we were going to talk about the behind the mask videos mm -hmm. and I know, you know, all, all other things aside, I don't think from a school level perspective, seeing two videos, one about staff, Mm -hmm. Staff people doing it, and one with kids that have ever been more choked up because it hit so spot on to suicide prevention, which is such a uh, mental health is just booming right now. And think of all the stuff that's going on, but like 
every single time I watched it, I choked up watching it. That's how good they were. So, so for those of you who are watching that aren't familiar with it, we did um, a behind the mask, you matter um, video. So mm -hmm. it was a play on, and it, and I'll get you guys the the new links for those. We just haven't uh, reloaded them due to all of the the stuff. We wanted to bring attention to our suicide rates here. Um, mm -hmm. That actual project came from a suicide from one of our middle school students. So um, right after that, our superintendent said, hey, uh, we, need to, we need to address this. Um, and it wasn't during Mental Health Awareness Month. You know, it wasn't during Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. It was a, this just happened. Let's get something out to our families. Mm -hmm. and, um, so to be able to produce a project which that is probably one of the proudest, uh, probably one of the projects I'm most proud of um, because I pulled in students from our, our community and everyone from an administrator to a teacher to a district level person um, on the employee side. And we had two separate ones, but I won't spoil the videos uh, for those of you who haven't seen them yet, but just really goes to speak to not everything is is the way it seems and the way we present it. Mm -hmm. And you got to check on your people. And even if they're not your people, if you see something that doesn't look right, like just be kind. That's really all you have to do is just open your mouth and say something um, and check on people. It could be the mom in the grocery store that looks like she is just having a day or mm -hmm. the guy on the side of the street. You don't know what, what his circumstance is. And so to just be kind and, and, provide that grace to people is, is really important right now. Yeah. And we'll be sure when you send those um, updated links for those who are listening, we'll put those updated links on our pizzape.org on this podcast. When you click on the description for Heather and the podcast, again, the title is leading by example and we'll have Heather Albritton, you know, name next to it, but we'll put in those links so that our viewers can, actually click on them. So those who are listening, it is going to be well worth your time because when you sent them to us, Heather, um, and shared them in our Urban Wellness uh, Coalition, I sent them up to our support services department. And unlike, I'm not sure, you know, we've had these conversations before, infrastructure is so different from district to district. Um, you know, it seems like you guys are very, you know, breaking down some silos you work collaboratively together in departments. Sometimes when I send things up, I never hear. <laughs> I don't even know if they, you know, we got them or, you know, hello, still here. <laughs> but uh, I just want you to know that it's, it, you know, we've also sent them to your to our health and PE teachers. I just, it is one of the most things I've ever, like you've done Deval Homeroom, which is online, like during the COVID pandemic, you created Deval Homeroom homeroom correct was that during the pandemic or did you right, that was probably the maybe a week 10 days before we officially shut down the cni team was pulled into a room and we had to turn all of our curriculum into the virtual platform and so yep. that's, what our, that's what we named it was duval homeroom um so capital because you're at home it's your home yeah that you, you are so clever on your play of words too and to get the theme. Um, and that's what a lot of districts did too. We were thrown in a room to say, okay, what do you have that's you know, um, for virtual learning to take place? You did the, um, the tag videos too, the wellness videos, you did the HPE you know, at home marathon. 
you're again the videos that you just produced i was so in awe even in times that went on facebook i'm like yep you one up us. this is awesome this is amazing you over you but it's it it helps that you have such a great connection with a communications person just to CNI. And when we talk, talk about CNI, everybody, that's critical instruction. That doesn't happen in a lot of districts. Marketing has their own people. They do their oh. own projects. Um, if we want anything done, we have to do it ourselves. And we've gotten really, really good. We've learned a lot over the past two years on how to be better um, with our technology. But John is a blessing. Awesome. Touch. That's so fortunate. That's amazing. So do you have... Um... I guess the, another question that comes from this is when you get the students involved, I mean, who, oh, yeah. are they, are they writing, helping write the script? Are they? Mm -hmm. I know, so, that. so, you know, as cool as I think I am and as hip to the lingo, you know, my kids, my kids are three. So I'm watching Paw Patrol and, you know, PJ, PJ masks and, you know, now they're into Avengers, but um, is, is in tune with, teens as I feel like I am, um, it's really important to have the student voice in everything we do. Sure. And when you have a project that is overarching the way Wellness Wednesdays is, um, and you know some of our other initiatives you know, are all in for safe schools that we have, and I don't think I've even shared those with you, with you all, um, we really wanted to make sure that the students were represented. And so we've contacted several local schools here. We started with the schools that had video production um, capabilities. That okay. way we didn't have to lug all of our stuff from the district office. But yeah, we we um, we partner with the school behavioral health team. And so they start with the content. So they're the subject matter, subject matter experts, right? They know the mental health stuff. And then they give it to us and we turn it into more of a lesson for the teachers. But in that in-between, it's passed between you know the school behavioral health team. We take it to some schools and we have the students review it. And several of our videos from the first year involve students. So we'll go to the school and they record certain clips um, of the Wellness Wednesday videos so that um, when we show them at middle school or high school, the kids aren't sitting there like, here goes this lady again talking about Create right. So it's, you know, the students talking about, you know, this is what works for me. Right. Um, with the district as large as ours, it's really hard to balance the diversity that we have. Um, our students that go to the schools at the beach are way different than the students that go to a school downtown or on the north side. And so making sure that we find that um, that that equal representation of all of our mm -hmm. students in our videos is always difficult, but um, we've done a really satisfactory job. I won't say exemplary. I'm, I'm satisfied with uh, with the products that we have, and I'm excited about next year being able to get back into the schools with the kids. Awesome. Yeah. So as SHAPE Florida president, um, and we've had conversations regarding teacher quality and quality. What is quality health? What is quality PE? And we had Eric Stern on previously on our podcast as well, who is a coordinator in West Palm, um, West Palm Beach, you know, schools. So all of us share the same kind of roles when it comes to teacher professional development, um, supporting health and PE programs. So. I hope I don't misquote, but I'm my phone up here, guys. I don't want it to die. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. There we go. 
Um, so you're quoted in a Florida Shape newsletter stating, let's be clear and honest. Not all health and physical educators do a bang up job when it comes to teaching. And you and I have been pretty open about that. There are just some teachers that shouldn't be teaching. Some don't do a bang. Well, this is a Ken Warren thing. Some mm -hmm. don't do a bang up job. Correct. Now we have exemplar and awesome. I would say the bottom 10, 20% should probably not be teaching. So we have. So what would what would you, what can you elaborate? How not all things are created equal. You know, we. It's a, a blessing and a curse that we get former athletes that come to us, right? Because mm -hmm. you have those people who played sports in college and just they get a sociology degree. Nothing against sociology degrees. My sister has one. Um, they get a random degree and then they're like, "Oh, sports are over." but I still want to be involved. I'll just go teach PE. Right. Um, it's not just, it's not just the, the former athletes. We get, we get them from everywhere, but you get those individuals who think that physical education is just playing games and just hanging out and sitting in the lawn chair, watching the kids play mm -hmm. and not doing anything. And, and in reality, it is one of the most important, and of course we know in our opinions, one of the most important, if not the most important thing that children should be exposed to. You're, you're connecting so many, it's, it's baffling to me how people just don't understand it, the science behind it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, when I wrote that, I, like you said, the whole point of this is to lead by example. Even now in my career, all these years in, I know there are things I have to improve upon. I know mm -hmm. I can be a better teacher. I know I can be a better director. I know I can be a better supervisor, a better mom, a better sister. You, When you lose that desire to improve, um, I feel like you lose a part of, of really who you are professionally and personally. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people who are teachers who don't even realize that they're not good and that they need professional development and they need to come to conferences or they need to connect with colleagues across the district. Um, and at the secondary level for us here specifically, it's, it's worse than it is at elementary. Mm -hmm. we, we get the, if there's no accidents and there's no referrals, they're good. I don't have to go down to the gym. So then the, the teachers are left alone and there's really no accountability for them to teach to those standards. And if they don't have that intrinsic motivation or that professional dedication to their um, craft, it's not going to happen. And, you know, that was the point of that. You know, you guys, you, you get a, a highly effective rating because you manage all of those kids, which is great. You have to have strong classroom management skills. But really, what are you what are you doing to further those child's, you know, physical literacy, literacy skills or health literacy skills? You're not. And so you're not doing a great job teaching. You're doing a great job babysitting. So, Heather. With all the professional development that you offer and you lead by example, do you truly think in your heart of hearts, do you truly think that you're going to be able to change a teacher's core behavior actions if they're not willing to look within themselves and say, I want to get better? Parts of them, yes. Um, and at the end of the day, I have to remind myself that if I correct one behavior in a teacher, not all of them, if mm -hmm. I reach one teacher who reaches 50 kids, sure. that's some some type of an impact. 
um, you know, I'm at the point here in this position where I've been in it long enough to where the same thing, those kids who see our faces every month, the same thing about our PE teachers. They're like, oh, here comes Heather. Get it together. Like, oh, Heather's coming today. <laughs> or, you know, the district is coming. And in re- it, it's been a real part of us to reinforce to our teachers that I'm not your boss that's going to come and, and get you and mm-hmm. give you a bad evaluation and make you lose your job. My job is to show you what you may not be doing great and how you can do it better. Um, Connect you with people who you can learn from. Point out things that are not best practice anymore because you've been doing this for 30 years and you just didn't even know. Um, You know, and if you don't know better, you can't do better. And so that's really how we approach things is just exposing our teachers to best practice and connecting them to learning that will reach some part of their professional um, desire to, to, to just grow. So uh, th- there's so many things that I could, I'd love to piggyback off of what you said there. And one of the things you said there was, Oh, the district is coming. I'm not out to get you. What's funny is yeah. two to three weeks ago, we had Dr. Adrian Talley from the urban wellness coalition on who's now a superintendent. And right. he said on that podcast, I, um, let me get it right. It's support then supervise. I'm not here to get you. Yep. Yeah. Right. And that's what good leadership is. And 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 a lot of times people think that it's that we're coming out to to observe teachers and give I mean we'll give you feedback, but people think that we're the ones that are hiring and firing us. Like, it's not evaluated. Right. Or people come to us saying, you need to fix them. Wait. But, you know, to support and to keep, you know, personal learning uh, networks to to hear some mentors, hear some conferences, hear some trainings. Um, But, yeah, that's I guess where I was going with my question to you, Heather, was like, you know, we can provide all these resources and continually to do so. But we're not going to be the one who's ultimately in our role to be evaluating and hiring and firing. But to be able to keep saying, here is more resources to work on and lead by example, by t- participating in them in ourselves. Right, right. Um, and and that's that's where it boils down to us. If I don't have fresh ideas here at, at you know, in right. my position, I can't share them with my teachers. Not all of our teachers are gonna be able to have access to funds or grants that they mm-hmm. can travel and go to all these PDs like we can. So we have to be sponges and soak them up and bring them back to our district and then, you know, share them with everyone. Yeah. So the thing We have to be able to bring in good quality PE to our uh, um, PD to our teachers. Cause like you said, even earlier, you know, it, it's going to take a while to change the narrative on, Oh, you're just PE teachers right. anyway. Cause we've, we've started reaching out to our principals when there's an opening and saying, we would love to help you fill this position. Cause you know, oftentimes those positions are filled with a guy that worked at the YMCA. Oh good. He worked at the Y he's fine. And then a kid pops all his teeth out in the first week of school. Cause he's yeah. riding a scooter board, like a skateboard. Yeah. And then you go, well, let's see if you brought somebody in who we have degrees, we have licenses, yeah. <laughs> you know? So we, we do have that, that, um, yep. that uphill battle, but that does lead to, to my next question. And it's a great segue into that, which is, what do you think is the most challenging issue in health and PE currently? Us, um, ourselves. Uh, back to what we, I think Kim just alluded to, uh, or it was in that question is, how do you 
make someone change who doesn't think that they're doing anything wrong or doesn't see that they need to improve. Um, you know, we have what we call the vicious cycle, ugly circle here, where we'll have people complain to us that they have 60, 70, 80 kids in their class. Um, and, you know, I can't do anything because I have all these kids in my class. And I said, well, the last time your principal came out or when did you invite your principal out to your class so they could watch you teach? Mm -hmm. Well, I can't, I can't teach anything because I have so many kids. So you're not teaching. So they think you're just babysitting. So they're probably going to put more kids in your class because you're not doing anything. Right. So, you know, instead of figuring out ways past our barriers, we tend to use those as excuses. Um, And that's a, a big pet peeve of mine is to come to the table with all of these reasons why we can't, but not bring any suggestions about how we could possibly or how we can. Um, And outside of all of the stuff that is, you know, beyond our control, there are some things that we can change and we can fix within ourselves that will do us a great service. Um, And at the level that we're trying to reach our teachers here is really just trying to create that accountability for them. And, And I'll use the reference that I used earlier with sports. I think it was one of our last face-to-face PDs that I had. I um, had all my secondary people in the room, and it might have been all of them, actually. But I said, you know, how many of you guys are coaches? Um, You know, hands went up everywhere. And I said, okay, well, how many of you guys, your goal when when you coach is to win the championship or to win the game or to have a winning season? You know, well, everybody, you know, stand up. So everybody's standing up. And, you know, well, how much of your position that your salary is, is, is devoted to just your coaching? Okay. So stay standing, you know, you get 58 cents on the dollar for the $2,000 you get for your stipend for coaching, right? Well, your job is teaching. So what if you took the same concept that you applied to your coaching on how you wanted your team to win and you applied that to your classroom? So your team is your, are your students in your class. Your game plan are your standards, your outcomes, your learning objectives. That EOC is the championship, right? You know, what your kids are able to do at the end of your semester is how you get that trophy. And if you were in a season last year at the end of the season and I went and talked to your, your team, would they be able to tell me what they learned and would you be a successful coach of that team and you know most of them are like uh no Um, but i had several of them that came up and were like i'd never heard it explained that way um it's me you know i'm i'm the reason why i'm not doing this or my kids aren't doing that i'm allowing them to just not participate or so you know it it, like i said even if it's just one or two people here and there um it starts a wave and I, I firmly believe that we are our own, we are our own issue right now in, in a lot of things. You know, we stand, we stand between ourselves and success. Well said. I think we just end it there on our serious talk and get right to quick bites. What do you think, Keith? I'm ready. No, I don't know if Heather's ready because I've got some doozies today. I'm ready. All right. Well, let me get us primed up. Quick bites. So, Heather, as a um, listener of the Pizza and PE podcast, this works really simple. 
I know you've heard this before. It's probably the most exciting part of the podcast because this is where we get to ask silly questions. Kim doesn't know. I have a whole bunch of little yellow sticky notes in front of me, and she'll tell you I'm a sticky note weirdo because um, I'll put everything on them. So are you ready? I'm ready. We'll start with something easy. Meat lovers or veggie lovers pizza? Meat lovers, but only pepperoni. Um, okay. That's like a a a point one. Remember, there is no wrong answer, Keith. Yeah, I just yeah yeah. yeah. I don't know that would, that would be a meat lovers pizza because it's, it's just pepperoni. It's I mean, double pepperoni. I want round yeah. pepperoni, square pepperoni, <laughs> big pepperoni. I, yeah. I mean, bacon, sausage, throw a few other things it's in there. her response. I understand, Kim. This is supposed to be quick, right? What's going yeah. on here? Usually All right. Finish this sentence. If you, or however you want to do this. If you can have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, so in one of the early on Wolverine movies, his girlfriend had the power when she would touch, she would be able to like... A, feel what you felt, but also like make you like almost like a transference of empathy. So okay. I think if people could share how they're really feeling, everyone would be a lot nicer to everyone. Like you don't know. Okay. Yeah. He just honked at you and flicked you off, but he probably had a really bad morning and you don't know what happened. So fair enough. The sharing of empathy. Okay, so this is going to go to, you know, I've asked a, a similar question before, but we'll go with empowering women here. TLC or Destiny's Child? Oh, so since I was born in the 80s and I'm still a Beyonce fan, I'm going to have to go with Destiny's Child. Okay, finish this sentence. When I dance, I look like... Mm. I can't say the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> in in my mind, what do I look like, or what do yeah. I look like in reality? There's a clarifying point of this because I feel like I look like a professional. Now you figure out what type of professional that is, but I mean, I could be a backup dancer for like Chris Brown. Okay. Yes. yes. All right. What are you most afraid of? Oh gosh! Don't judge me. Other than, I'm, re I'm really not afraid of much, but I'm oddly afraid of vampires. They weird me out. Oh, I love vampires. When I was like 10, I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like the old corny one. I wasn't supposed to, and it scared me, scarred me for life. I didn't watch any of the Blades until I was like a junior in college. Okay. All right, so now I've got two more. Okay. Okay. Would you rather have unlimited first class tickets or never have to pay for food at restaurants? Oh, definitely food. Definitely food. I I like to eat. I'm a large girl. You are not. You're, well, you, oh. Guys, I'm sitting down, but I'm six foot tall and I wear heels, so I tower over everyone and I'm not skinny, yeah. no. so. Fair enough, but you know, for unlimited first round, first class tickets takes you anywhere to where there's food. But then I have to buy the food. Yeah, that's true. But I could buy a ticket and eat for like a week. Oh, oh right. that's the point. I can fly like regular. I can fly in the cargo. I don't care. Put me where the puppies go, and just take <laughs> me wherever the food is. Okay. 
All right, so this might be the, the hardest the hardest one. <laughs> and maybe not for you. Would you rather, I love these would you rather, these are great. Would you rather be forced to dance every time you heard music or be forced to sing along to any song you heard? Oh, I I was in a, a, a group whenever I was in school. So I used to have a really nice voice. I even sang at my sister's wedding when she got married. And then I became a PE teacher and you know, the whole yelling all the time killed my vocal cords. So I still think I sound nice. Others, maybe not, but I'll, I, I, can I sing and dance? Well, I mean, it's, it's a would you rather. You kind of, It's kind of one or the other for that question. I will sing and voluntarily dance. So karaoke is going to be your thing. Oh, no, I, I didn't say. I, I will sing low, not loud for everyone to hear. See, so shower singer. No. no. So now viewers would be say viewers who might be listening and say, oh, what Heather is yelling during Pete. It's not that you yell. It's how you project your voice. Okay. Because I, 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 my first three years of teaching, I did the same thing because I was teaching outside on a blacktop in North Carolina. And cars are going by. And my speech person, doctor, who had to put this whole telescope down my throat to see my vocal cords, he said I would be not projecting properly from my stomach and actually said I need to get voice lessons. It's first, not yelling, it's yeah. how we project. That's the difference. It's just the, the strength that you have yeah. to, to, my whole neck and throat would be sore the first week of yeah. school because middle school in a gym, four classes, yeah, with fifty to sixty kids a piece. That's a lot of kids to talk over and get their attention. That's why when I, I I wore a microphone all the time when I taught. That was my one thing I always have. Always. So I, had the, I had the whistle and then the face. Like I know you see me talking. <laughs> so so the question that you did kind of take away from me earlier. I'm going to go back to this one. There was one question I had. It was just going to be, it was going to be probably half inappropriate because when I think of Florida, I think of these things. Uh, did you see but what I my also, stress ball was earlier? I also go to a lot of NASCAR races. So, you know. Oh, you know. that's part of that grant. That's yeah. that, that CDC grant. Inappropriateness yeah. is welcomed in my office. Well, so the, the, the question was going to be, but you said you're the bun haircut girl. It'd be, would you rather always have a mullet haircut or a ponytail haircut? Definitely a ponytail. <laughs> I will, my clothes will be mullet-like, so professional in the front, party in the back. You know, like I'll have fun, fun heels with, like the front of the heel is normal, and then the stem of the heel is like, ooh, fancy. Um, yeah, so definitely a ponytail. Yeah, but then when you said the bun thing, I was like, I got to throw that one well, out. Because my hair is all the way down my back, and it gets in my way. So if I put it in a bun, then I don't have to worry about it. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Heather, you are so fun. You are so fun. Your responses, your thoughts, your humor. I mean, I just see those heels. I see that. Oh, I don't have one super fun ones today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, there's a, you have them though. You're wearing, you're wearing, oh, my goodness. So I the funny thing is, you. I cannot wait to see you in person. In all the podcasts that we have, right? You and then you know, someone show their heels. Well, but this will be the one. Or what you're people, holding in your hand. Oh, my sperm. Yeah. Your sperm, yes. This will be the one that people 
watch because they're gotta have they're gonna have to see who it is on the other end is talking who to is them. this lady who is oh. you're gonna be the most searched person in jacksonville to do all kinds of tools here sure. do it. <laughs> oh my goodness For listeners viewers i'm telling you heather albritton she <laughs> is awesome real and deal such a, a, a gem to have in our profession and to be an advocate for quality health and PE. Heather, oh my goodness, you are leading by example, girl. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. I love your mindset. I love everything about even your superpower, the ability to feel empathy from others. That's something I learned more about you on this podcast. And how you truly genuinely care about people. I always knew that, but that came across in a lot of your um, responses. And I just, that, that was special to interview you today. So thank you for taking the time. Of course, I appreciate it. You, you know how I feel about you guys, so. Oh my goodness. And to, steal a line from, to steal a line from the Golden Girls, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Heather, thank you so much. Of course, anytime y'all. All right, you guys, this Heather Albritton from Duval County Schools, Jacksonville, Florida, I'm telling you, wow. she is going to be leading the way. I cannot wait to hear you as a keynote speaker, Shape America. Heather, seriously. I've got a way to go for that, a way to go. You you have such great, great just mind for, for our profession. I, I'm, I'm, oh, and by the way, the viewers don't know this, but you have twin boys. I do. Um, they are absolutely adorable. Um, you, you built this whole wall and, and jungle gym set in their bedroom. You are like super mom. Like I, those two are the cutest kids I've ever seen. Twins, guys. She has twin boys, three years old. They're going to be four this summer, and uh, they have every bit of my um, can't stillness. Yes. So yeah. I um, I have to be creative and, and, you know, that's the PE teacher in me and, and the athlete. No, we don't have, my dad said something the other day, no rules. And I said, no, there are rules. There's just no limits. So we can, there's no limit set. They can do what they want, but they have rules to follow, but I'm not. So I don't know what's going to be the uh, biggest cost for you later, you know, cause you don't have to worry about heels with the boys, but you are going to have to worry about, you know, those, have you ever paid daycare for twins at the same time? Like just for two kids? No, that is that right now. I'm ready for VPK. Like, oh my gosh, Heather. Clothes. They don't eat a whole bunch right now, which is worrisome. But um, the clothes and, you know, I'm a coordinator. So I like. Oh, yeah. Coordinators. Oh, yeah. They're looking good. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, give them a big hug for us. Go from the daycare. I'm going to go run to the daycare and pick them up and run the rest of the, the way back. So Yes, of course you are. I look like a crazy person with an empty stroller for about a mile, but that's okay. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, please take a picture. I do. I, I run with the empty stroller, and people are like, oh, I know. I'm going to get them. So. Okay, go get them. All right. Bye. 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 That was great. Oh, Kramer, I love her even more. I love her even more. All right. Aha moment for me. Overachiever. Okay. She's got sass. 
She's an overachiever. She even says herself. I love her sass. I love her confidence. Um, but it's not, it's not ego. It's she's she's not narcissistic confidence. It's 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 very humble. And I love how she rallies her team to do what's best for the district and collaborate and come in with solutions with issues that they're faced with, but we're going to work collaboratively on them. How she approaches things and how she thinks about things is something um, that was impactful to me in her responses. Well, so. just, you know, anytime we've interacted with Heather, I mean, even podcast or non-podcast, you always get a sense of like empowerment, female empowerment. I mean, she's mm -hmm. a strong female leader, not one that's, she worked her tail off to get there. Yeah. Um, she will work her tail off, you know, for anything she does for people, right? It's a, yeah. she's the real deal. I mean, she gets that from her mom and her grandmother. You know, she made a point to say that. I, I just wanted to know where that came from, that strength. Uh, and that's amazing because we all need that, that somebody in our life, somebody who's inspired us. And you can think about that. I mean, you have it, it's not something you can be a quick bite. Like who's your biggest inspiration? I mean, it's, yeah, we can come up with a couple, but I mean, it, it does take thought. Well, also something that resonated with me, did you catch on on the responses about really truly understanding what people are going through and not be quick to judge, but to show grace and kindness? That really was thread throughout all her responses. And again, I'm going to plug those behind the mask videos because that really is about those messages that she was sending in her responses to our six, you know, questions that we asked today. So it's it's one of those where I think she's really about like seek to understand first, then to judge. Seek to understand what someone's really going through before you're quick to make an opinion and judge about it. And it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to understand that people have their flaws. So be kind and be graceful about it because we're not all perfect. But it's not okay to be judgmental. It's not okay to um, be so go off and be angry and talk trash about somebody. First, seek to understand. Well, uh, you know, I'll tell you the other thing that she said in there, other than that stuff there, which is amazing, was that. When people often say, well, how can I do this? Look, I got 70 kids in this class. How do you want me to teach it? Well, did you invite your principal down to see how you can do this? And then when you actually have them see the, how hard it is to teach 70 kids and offer a solution versus complaining to district leadership, because there's nothing that we're going to be able to necessarily do. Right? Well, <laughs> when I taught high school, it became where some of the teachers that just went to the grade book and there was this part in the technology software that says fill all. Yep. They just filled hundred all in that column. Well, of course a guidance counselor or a school counselor is going to say, Oh, Keith, you had a hundred in this class. Well, why don't you take elite team sports or advanced strength training or something like that? Because you did so well the first time. Right. Um, and I liked how she was just saying, you know, what is it done with intention, purpose, and how she explained the coaching side Absolutely. and how strategic, just as you're thoughtful in your practices. And if the end goal is to win that game, that championship, 
What's yep. your end goal in teaching high school as well? What are you doing? Like, again, even with Artie, what and why? What are you teaching, but why are you teaching it? Be a champion. Be a champion. All right. Well, we've had our, you know, day of proctoring and degree testing. Fun time. Podcast. Um, end of year wrap around is coming around very soon. So um, I've got a few emails and, and work I got to get caught up on right now. Always so good to do this podcast with you, Keith. And obviously, we, Heather Albritton was another one of our um, great podcasts that we've been able to have on. You know, so, the, I think uh, I, I'm not trying to toot this horn, but can we, we have great conversations with people in our industry. And I'm glad we get to share that because these are some pretty big people that sometimes people don't even know exist and they're amazing. Yeah. And I'm happy that we get to know them and do this. Well, I think to our viewers, the reason why we're doing this and it's not perfect, it's sloppy. Sometimes I don't know how to even, you know, string a sentence of words together, but it's about um, not being complacent and having conversations again, I guess, before you judge, <laughs> seek to understand real conversations, not yeah. one that's all polished up for, right. Oh, Hey, we're going to ask this question in this minute. No, no, right. no, no. We're good. This is pizza conversations. And it's okay to have differing viewpoints. Because there's times that we've even had conversations with Heather that she's taught me things that I didn't even realize, huh, I never saw it that way. Right. And that's what it's all about. So, all right, Keith. All right. Pizza's gone. All right. All right. Ciao. Slice you later.